0: Well, happy Mother's Day, let's open up our Bibles to Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 2, Nehemiah chapter 2, as we continue this series built for this. If you are a first time guest, welcome, we are so honored that you are here. My name is Rob Wilton, I serve as the lead pastor of Vintage Church and I want to welcome you and thank you for being here with us today. Um, If this is your first time, we kicked off a new series last week. And so you are not that far behind. And uh, as always, all of our resources are made available online for uh, you to uh, stay in connection with us. And so if you miss a Sunday or whatever, our sermons are posted on our website. Uh, We even have discussion guides. I know uh, some of you are plugged into our incredible V groups that happen on Tuesday nights at our city location and out at our west. But also want to encourage you that if you don't have a V group, I want to encourage you, like go to our sermon page and maybe have a little discussion time with your family. Uh, We provided some great uh, answers to questions and some deeper study and uh, we would love for you to walk in the word. Today's message after last message, we encourage each other to get ready, all right? So I need some talking back to me today. Everybody say get ready. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yes. We're going to become full gospel before this thing's over. I promise you, I need some shouting back. I promise you this, because some of y'all have been hearing, y'all been complaining of how long I've been preaching. You shout back at me, I'll preach shorter. All right, now we're really getting loose. I love that. A little preacher, preacher. Come on, Rob fanning me down, I'll go shorter, all right, I'll go shorter. So everybody say, get ready, ready. all right, today the word is, rise up, everybody say, rise up, up. in Joshua, don't turn there, in Joshua chapter 6, we find one of the greatest God victories of all time, it's the battle of Jericho. And what we find, you know it's a great God story because what God does is he sends his worship leaders, his band. And look, some of our band, I'll just tell you, they beat me up. They're stronger than me. Josiah, I'm just not so sure. Like typically, if you want to win a battle, you don't send your musicians to the front lines. And that's how we know this is a God story. I'm just going to let you know, though. That guy with the mustache, he's scrappy, so y'all watch out, okay? Don't let looks deceive you. Um, But in Joshua chapter 6, we find this incredible story of the people of Israel marching around Jericho and the walls coming down and victory happening. The X factor or the key to Joshua chapter 6 is actually found in Joshua chapter 5. And this is what we want to lock in as we begin today, because last week, remember what we found out? That the greatest thing that we could do in getting ready for wherever God's calling us in life is to embrace God's presence. There is no victory in Joshua chapter 6 with the people of God without a moment that happens in Joshua chapter 5. i provided it for you on the screen. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 through 15 says this. When Joshua was by Jericho, this is before the battle, he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua, this great warrior, this great leader, fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? The commander The Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Last week we ended in a little bit of a different way. We didn't do announcements. We didn't do a worship set. We just prayed. And I hope... What that has inspired you to do is to embrace God's presence, because that is where the victory is found, in the presence of the Lord. So before we challenge each other, we're going to rise up, isn't it great, to embrace God's presence, and then as we're going to learn throughout this series, there's kind of like, you know, this step that we take each and every moment let me go through that again with you let me find it in my notes so I don't forget it embrace God's presence equip God's people execute God's plan so we're going to start moving towards yes embracing God's presence but as we embrace God's presence God then gives us assignments and he calls us to things we talk a little bit about calling today he calls us to accomplish some great things, but those things that we are called to do are never supposed to separate us from the powerful presence of God in our lives. What Joshua did as he is looking at this impossible battle, he took off his sandals and he embraced the presence of God. Would you bow your heads? Lord, you're calling us to rise up. God, as we looked last week at Nehemiah and we considered, God, the truth that the walls of Jerusalem were torn down and as Nehemiah hears about this, as he's far away from his home, God, he grieves, he weeps. God, you start to Speak to him and call him. And and Lord, as we learned last week, Nehemiah bows in prayer. And he embraces your presence, exalting your name, declaring your promises, confessing his sin, asking for him to show up, asking for him to show mercy, asking for him to provide, asking Lord Jesus, for you to show up and do what only you can do. God, I got to believe that there are some Nehemiahs here today. God, I'm so encouraged, Lord, with text messages this past week from friends who are pursuing careers. My one buddy, Trevor. God, how... Lord, you convicted him last Sunday to embrace your presence. God, after months of pursuing something in the world, a next step towards what you've called him to, God, this past week as he surrendered to you and embraced your presence, God, you then revealed your plan. And you opened up a door for him to take this next step and what you've called them to. God, you're so faithful. And so Lord, as we move towards rising up, God, may we recognize that you are the great commander. God, our job is to listen to you and do what you say. And so Lord, lead us by your Holy Spirit. Our lives are bowed before you. Move. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. When God calls, when God calls, what happened to Nehemiah? As he's praying, the light bulb comes on and he says, Now I was cupbearer to the king." All this that I'm overwhelmed in and how am I going to help the people of Israel? How are we going to rebuild the walls in Jerusalem? And it's like in the moment, I believe God's spirit leads Nehemiah to recognize that God has been at work in his life even when he didn't recognize that God had been at work. And God had already placed him in the place that he needed to be to carry out this incredible call of God. Some of you right now have been called by God. You've been called by God. God has told you to go somewhere, to be with someone, to do something. And you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that God has called you. And I promise you as we look through this text, there's going to be some things in Nehemiah chapter 2 that you are thinking about. And it's my prayer that despite all those things, you would rise up and you would answer the call. So, when God calls, number one, we're called to rise up in fear. <laughs> there should be some part of you that if God does call you to something, you should be a little scared about it. And as I've learned and as we continue to remind ourselves throughout Scripture, you never find stories in Scripture of God telling people to do things that actually they can do on their own ability. Why? Because God wants to receive all glory and praise. And so God actually calls you to go and do things that are far greater than you so that all along the process you would embrace his presence and so that if anything does get accomplished, people know you're a moron and you couldn't have done that by yourself. And so the victory is whose? The Lord's. But it's okay if God's put something in front of you right now that you're afraid of. I think in a lot of ways, what happened with Joshua? He recognized the presence of God and he bows, not in a "Ah!" fear, but in a reverent fear of the Lord. You show me someone that's acting a little cray-cray in the world, indulging in the things that the world offers us, being about themselves more than the things of God, I'll show you someone that has stopped fearing the Lord. We're called to rise up in fear. Look in chapter 2, verse 1. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, Nehemiah says, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now, I had not been sad in his presence. Remember what Nehemiah's role was. He was cupbearer to the king. So anything that came the king's way, he had the incredible privilege of sampling it. And before you say, what a great gig. He was sampling it to make sure it wasn't poison. So not such a great gig. He's like, oh, look at that Cabernet. I can't wait, but it might be poisonous. Oh, look at that fruit. Looks so yummy, but it might kill me. This was his job, but it was a job of great honor. He had proven himself to be faithful to even get in this position, to be so close to the king, to be so trusted by the king. And so you've got to learn this. He's been around the king a lot. Isn't it amazing that... He's gained so much trust, he's spent so much time around the king, but he's never showed how he really feels. He's scared to death. And he comes in and he presents himself sad. The king recognizes this. And it says, And the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. And what does it say? Then I was very much afraid. I've had the privilege the last two weekends of being with a company here in Pittsburgh and Tampa, and it's always been a great honor for me to not just get to communicate or inspire or preach inside a church building, but to also have opportunities in the business world or uh, in the sports arena or whatever else. And uh, the last two weekends, uh, the CEO of this company invited me to speak on the theme, David and Goliath. I mean, how cool is that? To a business. We became friends together because this company, 2D Mechanical, they were one of our many companies that we used to renovate this property. And when we launched our church in 2020, Uh, January of 2020, yes, do the math. We enjoyed that for about two months and then COVID hit. Uh, They were one of our incredible uh, teams that did such a great job. So we put a plaque together and we invited them to our launch and we honored them and thanked them for their great work. And that's how our friendship started. And I want you to know, last two weekends, I've talked about David and Goliath. Well, there's a secular book written by a guy named Malcolm Gladwell. And Malcolm Gladwell says this about courage. The name of the book's called David and Goliath. Courage is not something that you already have that makes you brave when the tough times start. Courage is what you earn when you've been through the tough times and you discover that they aren't so tough after all. I want to remind you as we begin this that God is faithful. That God is faithful. And yes, there are some really intense things that God calls us to as his children. But I want you to know that God is faithful. And if you lack in that faith, can I just encourage you to actually open up God's word. And to go and maybe read stories like Joshua and Jericho. And remind ourselves that our, great, our God is Greater. i promise you if god has called you to something there is fear right now in your life in this text we're encouraged to rise up in fear don't let that be something that's gonna lead you to disobey no that is okay for there to be a little bit of fear let that ah fear turn to a bowing fear And keep rising up. Number two, I promise you this is going to be true. If God has called you to something, remember God's called you to something, you're going to rise up in favor. Oh, now we're talking about it. Favor. Not just fear, favor. All right, let's look at it. Verse 3, Nehemiah says to the king, Let the king live forever. What a suck up. Now he's nervous. Some of y'all need to practice that, right? My dad calls it the compliment sandwich. It's how he disciplined me my whole life. It's how I've seen him handle everybody in life. When he comes up to you, he's like, "Hey, brother, looking so good today. I love your smile. I love you." And then he's got something really intense. So let's just take me for example. If he's disciplining me, Rob, you're such an awesome son. I love you. I'm proud of you. You're amazing. And then all of a sudden, this is the compliment sandwich a punch to my midsection comes. But you need to clean yourself up. You need to repent. You need to fix this. Stop doing that online. Clean up your act. Why aren't you wearing a suit and tie when you preach? You know, all that stuff. But then he always leaves me, but I want you to know I love you. So, I've got like stomach pains, but I feel amazing. It's always been so brilliant. Well, look, he says, let the king live forever. And then he goes on. He says, why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? You think Nehemiah just rolled into this conversation and winged it? No, we got to be prepared we got to do our work. we got to train. So the king asked him, what are you requesting? How does Nehemiah prepare? Well, all he did was pray once, and then he never has to pray again. No. So I prayed to the God of heaven. God doesn't just call us, and we have this amazing moment, and then he's like, you get to do whatever you want from here on out. Every step of life. God, is that the right step? Remember last week, one step forward, three steps backwards. Is this God's step? It might be a good step, but is it a God's step? That's what he does here. The king asked, so I prayed to the God of heaven, and then I said. So what does it mean? What he's about to say to the king Who's it from? The Lord. I know you're brilliant. And on this Mother's Day, your mama told you you were brilliant. But you ain't as brilliant as God. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor. Everybody say favor. Favor. He needs favor with the king. Favor in your sight. That you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside me, (laughs) a little extra pressure. On this Mother's Day, I'm just going to confess to you, my dad's awesome, but he ain't the boss. My mom is a boss. She's been running the show for a long time. So just when you thought Nehemiah is just hanging out with the king, just... A little extra fear now. The queen's at the right side. So right here, the queen beside him, how long will you be gone and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. So much preparation there. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given me to the governors of the province. Well, in the favor of the king, and then the permission of the king as he goes to the province beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. And then a letter to Asap, the keeper of the king's forest. How are you going to build walls without wood? So he needs the forest. This is all strategy that he may give me Timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple, for the wall of the city, for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I asked. Now check out this favor. For the good hand of my God was upon me. He's wanting favor from the king but he's actually walking in favor from the king of kings that's the favor you have when god calls you and if god has truly you've done the work to pursue the lord and god has truly given you a mission he's got you he's got you you don't have to be afraid You can walk in the favor of the Lord. Remember what we learned at Easter? The I am that he is. And we considered all those I am statements of who King Jesus is. I want you to know that Vintage Church, we love Jesus. And I want you to know that here in this place, Jesus loves you. And if you are here today, And you have not received the favor of the Lord through salvation in Jesus Christ. May I invite you today to give your life to Jesus. Walk in the favor of God's salvific love in your life. All right, let's continue on the story. We need to rise up in resistance. not just going to be called to rise up in fear, not just going to be called to rise up in favor, let's rise up in resistance. Verse 9 through verse 10, then I came to the governors, so he's stepped out, he's walking in faith, of the province beyond the river, and I gave them the king's letters, the endorsement, It says, Now the king had sent with me officers of the army and horsemen. And I grew up as a preacher's son, and my dad, when he would preach on Nehemiah, I don't remember everything my dad preached, but I remember the nicknames that he gives these two guys who are haters. My dad called, first of all, in verse 10, but when Sanballat the Horonite, or my dad called him Sanballat the Surat, just never forget that. Sanballat the Surat and Tobiah the Ammonite. My dad called Tobiah, Tobiah the Tickbite. I don't know why, but those are part of my scars from my childhood. But when Sanballat the Surat and Tobiah the Tickbite servant heard this, it displeased them greatly that someone had come to seek the welfare of the people of Israel. So some of you, I'm just telling you, you're going to step out in faith and you are going to even tell me, Pastor Rob, God's called me to this. So you build up enough courage to still take a step in faith over fear. You recognize that God's Favor is with you. But I'm telling you, if you don't understand this right now, don't make up excuses. You're in the room and hopefully you're listening right now. It happens all the time. When you obey God, we talk about this, Satan and his dominion is going to do whatever he can to distract you and to bring resistance against you answering the call of God in your life. Whenever we have a baptism and I get an opportunity to share with those who profess Christ through believers' baptism, this outward testimony of inward change, I celebrate with them. I thank God for them. I tell them about all the amazing things that God's going to do with their testimony in our worship service. But I always tell them, I just want you to know this. Please be on your guard this week because the enemy hates what you've just done. We're called to rise up in resistance. I don't know what it is about me, but I've just always had some form of resistance and it started from even my basketball days. I know you are shocked by this, but I played college basketball about 40 pounds ago. In my high school days, it ticked me off so much, but it taught me some things. Everywhere I went, every opponent's stadium or arena or wherever we played, gym, um, you know what I was called? Waterboy. That was the thing. But what I ended up learning was that that little resistance actually kind of provoked something within me to prove them wrong. And when we would warm up, I'm telling you, when I would play against Spartan High, my wife went to Spartan High, I was at Dorman, Spartan High was our rival. And when we went to Spartan High, their whole student section would be right there. As I'm warming up, water boy, water boy, water boy, water boy. And I loved it. Because this water boy was about to tear them up. Please don't leave here today thinking everybody's going to be like, you're so awesome, please do what you want. We're so glad you're serving Jesus. Hope you have a great week. The enemy ain't doing that this week. Facts is he's water boy. You can't do it. Don't answer that call. Stop being faithful. Expect it and teach yourself how to use it to inspire you to rise up. I promise you, Nehemiah anticipated this. The next point rise up in reality. We're not called to just rise up in resistance, but we need to rise up in reality. Let me explain this to you. Nehemiah had only up to this point seen what was posted on Instagram. And we all know Instagram be lying. Some of you parents on Mother's Day, the enemy's going to defeat you because of what your friends post about their kids on Instagram. And you're going to watch another mama and you're like, shoot, my kid can't even make it to the bathroom on time. Her kid just cured cancer, and he's two. Lies. That kid poops everywhere too. Can we all agree? Social media is killing our faithfulness. It discourages us mostly, and we're all guilty of it. take that picture again I I don't look skinny enough filters lies look at my home we love each other but as you took that picture the four letter words that were coming out of everybody's mouth Nehemiah had only heard about what was going on and guys look at me I wrote this down. Denial leads to most people's destruction. Now, let's go back to fear of the Lord. (laughs) Then uh, there's no way I'm finishing this thing under four hours. Just get comfortable. This is your mother's day. Let's go back to fear of the Lord. Some of y'all actually think You can hide from God. Can't. The first step of honesty you need to take is with God. And watch how where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And God wants to actually use those bumps and those bruises and those zits and the poop in your house from your kids for his glory. Nehemiah has to investigate for himself. I know y'all have said something, but is it real? Because the only way for him to actually accomplish the vision is to start from actually where things are. Some of y'all had great dreams. You, your household, your life, and everything else. But you're never going to be able to actually do those things if everything in your current life is a mess. So I went to Jerusalem and was there for three days. Verse 12, I rose in the night, I and a few men with me, and I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There was no animal with me but the one on which I rode. I went out by night by the valley gate to the dragon spring, to the dung gate. Sounds as unique as Pittsburgh's names. And I inspected the walls of Jerusalem that were broken down and its gates had been destroyed by fire. He wants the reality. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal that was under to pass. Then I went up in the night by the valley and inspected the wall, and I turned back and I entered the valley gate and so returned, and the officials did not know where I had gone. Or what I was doing. And I had not yet told the Jews. For he was being strategic. He, He didn't want to give them a heads up hey, I'm coming. I've got the blessing of the king. And then show up. All right, this is going to speak to somebody. Show up to something that's not the reality. He wanted to see what was there without everyone trying to impress the king. So what would happen if I showed up at your home unexpectedly? What, what, would, what would be that Instagram post? God sees at all times. Oh, Pastor Rob's coming, and we know he likes dark roast coffee. Let's make sure we come. Y'all with me? We got to start where we're at. And here's a good word. Y'all ready? Because some of you are like, Pastor Rob's going to show up at my house this week. Some of y'all nudge. Will you please pick up those clothes? He could come any moment. Forget about me. God's already there. And you want me to tell you what God sees? Even if you're an absolute train wreck right now. And you've been at church this morning. Hey, good to see you, brother. Love you. God bless you. All that stuff. But you cussed at each other all the way here. me to tell you, in your mess, you know what God sees? He sees a child of God. And he loves you just the way you are. Come on, guys. Somebody should have said Amen. Preach it, preacher. It. That's why I invite him into the mess. I'm sure Nehemiah had seen all the Instagram posts, but he got to see the reality. Be honest with yourself. All right, we close with this. Two points. Rise up next in community. Rise up in community. All right, I'm going to go quick with this. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in? How Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates burned? Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them the hand of my God that had been upon me for good and for and also of the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, What? After Nehemiah looks at them and says, Hey, God's hands upon me. The king, right, is behind this. Come, let us build. The people respond, Let us rise up. Everybody say, Rise up. Rise up. See, that's where I got my title. Let's rise up and build. So they strengthen their hands. We're going to start getting into now. Embrace God's presence. Equip God's people. Execute God's plan. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. And then here we go. A parade didn't happen. Nehemiah, me and Kevin were talking about it. It's a hard book to read. This ain't some... Oh, I've, I know what God's called me to do, and this is just going to be so beautiful. It'll be so easy. <laughs> Here they come. But when Sanbalat the rat, and Tobiah the tick bite, and now Geshem, I forget what dad's name for Geshem, the Arab heard of it, they jeered at us and despised us, and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? All right, three boys, come here. All right, let's have some fun. Who should I pick? Bolt, your Nehemiah. I need you to sit down right here. These are my three boys, Bolt, Burke, Back, although I called him Burke for like 30 minutes and he never corrected me yesterday. All right, Bolt is my oldest, 13, you're Nehemiah. Bolt, God has called you to do something incredible. And so what have we learned in terms of Nehemiah? I'm going to put you on the spot. What did Nehemiah do last week? What did he do? That's perfect. He prayed, Right? Didn't we pray together? So he prayed. So I want you to just bow your head like you're praying. All right, God has called him. He's embracing God's presence. And did we learn that Nehemiah didn't just pray once, he prayed again? Okay? As he takes this leap of faith, sorry guys, your sand at the sewer I want you to stand right here, facing bolt with your arms crossed, And looking intense. You're Tobiah the tick bite. And I want you to stand right here with your arms crossed. Get your hands out of your shirt there. Looking angry. Stop smiling. Stop laughing. Angry. All right, so here's the example. Resistance, right? Hatred. Hatred. We're called, as God calls us, to rise up in community. Ryan, come on up. Brent, come on up. Josiah, Phoebe, come on up. Dom, I need you, bro. Come on up. I need for all of you now to stand behind Bolt. How does that picture look? These two little guys don't stand a chance. I mean, I've seen it, I've witnessed it. Ryan alone can destroy Sam at the Sewer Rat. Okay, I'm visual. I'm just telling you, please don't forget this right here. It takes a village. You right now, I love, Bolt's still, his head's down. Praying. And I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, this picture of Bolt praying, as Sam Ballot the sewer rat, and this dumb tick bite over here, as, as they're mocking him or whatever else, I'm telling you, one of the greatest things that you can keep doing is still by yourself to pray alone, scatter real quick, get, get away, get away, get away, all right? And, and there's been times in my life, anybody wanna testify, God has been faithful to still be there for you when you were alone? Okay, so he can and he will because Jesus is all that we need And so in moments, I've felt alone right now, bowing, and man, I'm getting all this resistance. But I'm just telling you, God never designed for us to do it alone. And that's why Nehemiah didn't just come and build the walls by himself. He didn't just come and try and do this by himself. Rise up in community. Come back. Dom, if you want to shove the sewer rat, just give him a shove real quick. Dom, you're a you're a black belt. That's why I brought you up here. We gotta destroy the No, I'm just kidding. It's okay to punch someone in the name of Jesus. Okay? Not not really. Never know when sarcasm's being recognized. All right. Can we see this? God brought you to church to see this. So look, I know trends. People just come and go to church. I met with a pastor down in Tampa. He told me right now, Barna says, people are faithful to the church 1.3 times a month. That's the average right now in North America. That's you trying to do this by yourself. And God never designed it that way. I'd, I'd get my rear end to church every week. Because I'll confess to you, I need this. If you, don't, if you don't feel comfortable admitting that, I can do it on my own. My family can do it by ourselves. Try. I've just not seen that happen very successfully. This is God's design. All right, thank you guys. Let me close with this the last point. Rise up in confidence. Bolt sitting here, praying by himself. Sue rat shows up. Tick bite shows up. I start to lose confidence. What starts to build up confidence, and I want to thank you, my church family. Sometimes, I'll be honest, during the week, I don't even feel like being in the game anymore. But there's something about this moment right now. God just infuses faith into my life. God starts to build up within me confidence. But the confidence that we get, guys, is not a confidence of this guy's so talented and that person's so encouraging and, oh my gosh, that guy's so talented and look at the way in which he loves people and encourages. Look at the gifts, the meals, the coffee that we make on Sundays. It's not of this world. The confidence that we share and that we serve each other with is the Lord. So I'm going to ask the band to come up. And as the band comes up, Brent's like, will you make up your mind, Rob? Let's read. Verse 20. Just as the resistance hits again, Nehemiah then says to the haters, I don't, I don't know, Okay. This is just me reading into the text. Could it be possible that Nehemiah would have quit if they had come against him and the people of Israel did not have his back? I know in my life, sometimes I've quit because of a lack of community. when the enemy alienates you and isolates you you're done but in community after hearing the people say let us rise up and build the haters say you can't do it you're not smart enough you don't have enough resources you're never going to be good enough You'll never be able to get rid of that sin. You'll never be able to have a healthy home. Nehemiah responds. Then I replied, the God of heaven will make us prosper and we, his servants, will arise and build. You have no portion or right to claim in Jerusalem. So when God calls why should we rise up, church? Number one, because God will make us prosper. God is not on this mission on earth saying, I hope my plans work out. No, for God is for us. Who could be against us? He is victorious. God is will make us prosper number two God has commanded us arise and build I'm not walking according to my plans on this step I've listened to Jesus and done what he said there's favor from the king of kings so bring it you ain't nothing for my God Bring it to my house. Try. My God is commanded. Number three, because God is bringing us victory. Everybody, stay on your feet. Lord Jesus, as we sing to you on this Mother's Day. We ask in the mighty name of Jesus for you to pour out your victory and for you to empower your people, King Jesus, to rise up in fear, to rise up in favor, to rise up in resistance, to rise up in reality, and to rise up in community, and to rise up in confidence. Lead us now. Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.